farcical, so unpredictable, here on SNL Stats. Yes, that is right. Let's get statistical and talk about all the numbers and analytics. That is exactly what we are here for. We are here to go by the numbers and talk about everything we've seen in the last few weeks of Saturday Night Live. If it is your first time joining us, I would like to introduce you to the man who really goes deep into all of the numbers for us. He is our SNL stats guru, Mike Murray. How are you, Mike? I'm doing great. This is going to be fun one to talk about yeah i'm really really excited to break all the numbers and analytics down with you uh what's new in your life mike tell everybody what's going on um nothing much the red Sox are back um 12 percent fnway uh, no marathon today um but yeah i mean we're at like 50 percent um people have had at least one vaccination so things are looking up beautiful day today yeah, that is good. And the Red Sox have come out swinging. Very surprising. Uh, already in first place for those who care about baseball. Uh, joining us for the first time on our By the Numbers show, I, you know, as soon as we started doing these shows and the different kinds of things that we do, I really felt like I wanted to grab some other people from the SNL stats world, people who are interested in the numbers and the analytics and bring them into this By the Numbers section of our shows that we do. And I'm so excited to bring Andrew Haynes onto the show with us. Haynes, how are you? I'm awesome. I'm so excited to be on a By the Numbers episode. I love getting into the nitty gritty. I'm really looking forward to the build a cast game. I've played it several times um, off air. And to catch up on our typical vaccination update that seems to have become a theme on these uh, podcast episodes, I have had my second dose and it's been two weeks. So I've got the antibodies. Um, and the Sox uh, may be in first place, but the Braves have the best sluggers. I don't think there's any doubt about it. <laughs> That's very true. And uh, don't get me started on the Cubs so far this year. But we'll we'll talk baseball in another show. I know, I know. The weekend was kind of crazy, our Braves-Cubs series. Um, but yeah, for those who, uh, who want an update, uh, I need the Maya Rudolph sound drop of Vax Waxed or whatever the third one was. But I need that sound drop of her asking. But yeah, I, I am officially half Vaxed. So uh, I'm very excited Same. about that. Yeah, so <laughs> great. great, great I, needed, that we're all... uh, I needed Andrew to give me the I-M-M-U-N-I-T-Y. <laughs> That's what I got. I got the body's anti. Yeah, Boomer's got the Vax. Um, so I'm excited to uh, talk through everything here. If you're joining us for the first time on a By the Numbers show, basically what we do here is, you know, we have our regular roundtables every week. We have lots of journalists and different people who cover the show, break down all the episodes, and they talk about the sketches that they thought were, you know, comedically written well, or the performers, you know, did a great job with the certain characters. But we want to talk objective numbers in this show. We want to break down who do we think is doing well on Saturday Night Live in season 46 and maybe who isn't doing so well and the guy who does that with us is Mike Murray so Mike can you give the listeners for those who are checking us out for the first time on the by the number show a quick update what are your rankings about and why should people care about them sure uh, I'd love to uh, it's something that I've del developed over a couple of years that's um, as you said just completely objective you know no just empirical evidence it's just things that we can't argue with um, who's making the most appearances, who gets the most screen time. And I just evolved into a thing that I call the power ranking because it just changes constantly. People move up, people move down, people say the same. Um, so basically, it's two numbers. One, I assess the appearances. You know, a, a lead appearance is better than a voiceover or a background role. So that, that's, uh, that gets more points, so to speak. 
um, take that whole cast total, they get a percentage of that, and then they get a percentage of the episode that they're in, which is the screen time number. Combine those two. We add a couple fun ones, like if you have a recurring character, or if you say live from New York, you got some bonus points. It doesn't dilute anyone else's score, but it does increase their score because if you're on SNL, that you want to say those magic words and you want to have, you know, some update characters or some um, sketches come back. That's definitely the sign of a successful cast member. So combine all that and they get a number and they change every week. And uh, that's what we do. Yeah, and we're going to go over those updated rankings. But before we do, Haynes, tell me why an SNL superfan should care about hearing about these rankings. Well, it's like it's like following sports. You know, I you get to compare the actual quantitative you know, contributions that these people make to the game. Uh, our game takes place on a stage, but as Mike has said before, people are out there giving us all those numbers in sports. No one's really done it like this for SNL before. So as an SNL super fan, this is kind of crack for me. Um, and I would think that it would be for a lot of people, especially, you know, if they have a chance to check out this episode or some of the other by the numbers, I think it's pretty easy to get sucked in um, to these kind of rankings. And it makes for great conversation off the podcast, just with your friends. If you have other buddies who are into um, SNL, uh, it's, it's just perfect fodder for conversation. Yeah, and it's a great segue. So let's bring up those current rankings right now. All right, so we have on screen our current rankings of the SNL cast. So these are all the cast members in season 46. What Mike did for us is Mike divided the cast into you know the top half and about the bottom half so you guys can see aesthetically. If you're listening on the audio feed, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the cast members in order of the rankings so you guys can follow along. So number one, we have Kate McKinnon. Number two is Keenan. Number three is Beck. Four is 80. Five, Colin Jost. Six, Mikey. Seven, Ego. Eight, Che. Nine, Cecily. Ten, Chris Red. And 11, Heidi Gardner. So that's our top 11. We're going to just start with talking about the top 11, and then we'll talk about the bottom uh, seven of our cast, right? Uh, or is it uh, bottom nine? Excuse me. So the bottom nine of our cast. So let's start with talking about what we see in the top half of the cast. Mike, are there any surprises to you, you know, since the last time we spoke about people who are in the top half of the cast? I don't think there's too many surprises to just, um, you know, a lot of things are being confirmed. Um, the most obvious I have to just say it is that Kate is just consistently getting like a hundreds um, every episode. She's like almost getting over a hundred as a score, um, which we've talked about, you know, you want to be about a 60 or above. So right here we have the average at uh, 57. So that's, that's a good metric right there. But Kate is just dominating. She's uh, almost 20 ahead of the person in second place, which is Keenan. Um, and I think she had a little bit of a dip in those, uh, those, um, the last, the mid died, like the reggae Jean and Nick Jonas are around there and then had came back with a boom in the last three we saw. And then Keenan is, uh, rightfully in second place. The Lieutenant of SNL right there is finally up where he belongs and, um, in the top, which he's been up near the top, but he's finally in second and passed back. And then um, we, we're seeing a big rise for uh, Ego, Mikey, and Chris. Yeah, and, and Haynes, 
you know, like Mike said, the average score on his rankings that he looks at is 57.16. All 11 of these cast members, Kate Keenan, Beck, 80, Colin, Mikey, Ego, Che, Cecily, Chris, and Heidi are all above average in terms of scores. Anything stand out to you here? Well, it's exciting to see Conan, uh, Conan, to see Keenan take this, take this little hop. I've been watching Conan today. I'm sorry. Uh, it's, it's exciting to see Keenan take this little hop. Um, I feel like Kate and Beck have really been dominating the, from what I've understood about the numbers through most of the season. Obviously, Keenan is an incredible power player. I think there's generally, and maybe Mike can correct me on this, but there's generally a 40%-ish chance that he's going to be in any sketch. Uh, so he's, he's a, always been a major player, uh, but, it, but, it's, but it's nice to see him, like Mike said, get up right behind Kate. Ego, it doesn't surprise me at all that we're starting to see her above the average. She has really come in strong this season, particularly the second half of the season. It feels like she's in every sketch and in a good way. Um, so nothing here surprises me. Uh, it looks kind of similar to, I think, what a lot of people have been seeing or, or might suppose. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's bring up the bottom, you know, uh, nine people, because I think maybe there's a little bit more fodder to talk about then. And then we're going to talk about what's changed in these rankings over the last three episodes. So let me bring up that next chart. Okay, so here we have our bottom nine. And these are people who are under average. So once again, the average is 57.16. And these are the people that are under we have Pete at 55. So he is the closest to reaching that average line, then Kyle at 45, Chloe 42, Alex 42, Bowen 42, and then a big drop down to Dismukes at 26, Melissa at 23, Lauren at 23 and Punky at 22. So a few of those you would expect near the bottom. But obviously, there's a couple items of note. So, uh, Mike, let me start with you. Anything here that you want to note in our bottom nine? Well, um, I'll state the obvious that uh, five of them are featured cast members. So, you know, we'd be surprised if we saw a couple of those in the top. Um, but I think I'm just surprised to see that big drop. Um, you know, I would have expected maybe one of the three rookies to, you know, be the prominent one. And they're all kind of around the same area. Um, I know huge contention in the SNL community. Melissa is so absent and so low um, and has not, you know, did, has not made any strides in the last three episodes. And then um, Pete, we just haven't, he's been, he's been away. Like he's only been like, you know, pre tapes and maybe a sketch, but I, I'm, I think I'm surprised to see Kyle drop because, you know, him and him and Beck work together a lot and I haven't seen enough Beck and Kyle together recently. Yeah, and I think one of the questions that we had on our last roundtable was, let's talk about these three featured players, because we just had Punky Johnson have her own role as Pineapple, the stripper on Update. And it was like, okay, so 17 episodes into the season, which of these three do we think, you know, would you put in order? And a lot of people said, Andrew, Punky, then Lauren. Uh, very slightly on the rankings, objectively, we have Andrew, Lauren, and then Punky. Haynes, anything on these bottom nine that you want to talk about? Well, I think, obviously, we've got kind of three tiers here. So Pete is kind of on a tier of his own, if we're talking about below average folks. It, um, it's nice to see him rise. I don't know what his numbers were in the past, but I think we've all been aware that Pete has been having a really 
outstanding uh, kind of renaissance season. So it's, it's, it doesn't surprise me that he's inching toward that average. I, if I were a betting man, I'd say he might tip that scale in the next episode. Uh, so look forward to him joining a few people upstairs. The other thing that really stands out to me is looking at the lowest tier, uh, Dismukes, Melissa, Lauren, and Punky, reminds me of the old Sesame Street song, which one of these doesn't belong? You know, Melissa's been around a really long time at this point. Tough to see her down there. I think she has a lot to offer, but uh, it is what it is. She's obviously talked about her feelings, and I think a lot of people are aware. We, we, don't, we just don't see her much anymore. I really kind of hoped uh, she might be revived after her really, really popular Dolly appearance, which I absolutely loved. Hope everyone else did as well. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see Punky rise after her pineapple performance. I thought that was really great. It was, you know, different than a lot of other characters she's played and it shows a lot of range. So we may be seeing more out of her. Lauren has kind of, I feel like gone down a little bit from the beginning of the season. I felt like we were seeing her more. Uh, she was involved a little bit. Um, you know, she's been in a couple cold opens. Um, not surprising for any any new cast member to be down toward the bottom. Tough place for Melissa to be, but the numbers are what they are. Mike, I have a rankings question for you, which is, you know, I know that when a cast member is not on an episode, so let's say they were out filming a project like we had with Cecily and Adie at the beginning of the season, we don't take those metrics into account. Like, it's not like they're given a zero for the episode and we include that. But if somebody is there, let's say in one pre-tape, in the case of Pete, is his score on his ranking affected because he decided to film a pre-tape that week, but maybe wasn't in any live sketches versus somebody who was just completely absent for the evening? So yeah, that's an easy answer. It's uh, when this season started, we knew it was going to be a unique one because of COVID and because um, we knew right away that uh, Cecily would be away with her Apple TV project and AD would be filming Shrill and that Keenan and Chris would be filming Keenan. And so I, I believe, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, that those were to be filmed during 2020 and then couldn't be because of COVID and then SNL started and they had rescheduled shoots for those shows so typically like in season 45 um i would you know if you're not there you're not there but in this one i just decided that to be true to the history of snl that it wouldn't be really accurate to say that you know oh 80 bryant's been in nothing all year it's like well we know that she was not going to be anything all year um so i just decided to do those ones that we knew for sure because you can have people speculate, oh, they weren't in the good nights, but they were in a pre-tape, you know, where are they? So I just decided that this year it would be the most accurate to take the ones that were confirmed pre-season um, and not count them against their average. Where, you know, Cecily was missing from one. I think she was missing from the Kristen Wiig episode, and I don't know if anyone knows why yet. Um, could have been reshoots for her show, but that's really the answer is because, uh, you know, if a rookie is missing from an episode, you just say oh, that's because they didn't get any material on that week, where if a star is missing, you say, there has to be a reason why. Well, you know, that's really the reason, is in 2020, you know, things happened, and they couldn't do those projects. I'm sure A.D. Bryant would have been in all 17 this year, if it, you know, if she didn't have that project to do. 
Yeah, and actually, Cecily wasn't in a Carrie Mulligan episode either. But Mike, I just want to I want to go back to you for a second because I just really want to make sure that I understand this. Uh, that part I get the part about these cast members not being there. I, I completely support why we are not penalizing them for filming shows. But if Pete was to show up just for one sketch, and and it's a pre-tape, does he? does his average score for that episode affect his overall ranking? Like, is it worse for, is it worse for Pete to film a pre-tape and be in that episode rather than him just not being there at all? Um, no, it's, it's better for him to be in that pre-tape because after that um, period of that first um, part of season 46, um, I've been counting everything just because it's, you know, it's all fair game now. Um, okay, so Pete's, you know, scores a 27 in that episode for being in one sketch He'll get credit for that, but you know, if he gets a zero, it's a zero. So Cecily got a zero for Carrie Mulligan's episode, right? That's why we're going to see a drop for her. Okay, so let's talk. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about what we've seen in the last three episodes. Let me bring that chart up for you guys. So now we brought up the changes that we've seen in the last three episodes in our rankings. So Mike, how about you go and explain this chart for all of our listeners? So for anyone watching and seeing it on the screen, we have them um, sorted by who has increased or decreased their average the most. So at the top is someone who's outperformed their average over the first 14, and the bottom is someone who has underperformed um, based on their average of the first 14. So at the top, we see Chris Red, who's had the biggest increase, and at the bottom, as we just noticed, we just mentioned, um, Cecily's uh, uh, lost the most points from her average. So this isn't it all saying the ranking we showed earlier. This is just um, what's changed since uh, the My Rudolph, Kaluuya, and Mulligan episodes. Interesting. So, for example, somebody like Chris Red, who is at the top of these rankings, he was under average in the first 14 at 50.4. And now he is above average, you know, above that 57 point mark at 59.8. So that's a major increase for Chris. He has a 9.4 increase compared to the next one, which is Moffitt at 3.5. So, Haynes, what do you see on this chart that you want to talk about? Well, obviously, Chris has made a huge leap, apparently. Uh, one thing that I would expect to see from this chart would be that Colin and Michael would be as probably the closest to zero from week to week. I would expect that they probably wouldn't move much. Um, huge drop for Cecily. I, I, I didn't know that, that it would be this big. It, maybe everyone else has just been putting on such great performances. I didn't realize how much I was missing her. And Cecily's one of my favorite players. She just puts so much into her characters. She's so crazy and over the top. And, you know, they tend to give her a lot of crazy over the top characters. Uh, but um, big, big drop from her and Beck. Maybe that has something to do with, um, you know, the politics. We haven't seen Mike Pence in a while. So I know Beck was doing a lot of work in the first half of the season with that. Um, not surprised that he's gone down significantly. I am surprised to see that Pete has gone down because it, it, it has felt like, you know, obviously he's, he's had a great season. Um, I, it felt like we've been seeing plenty of him lately. Uh, he was Matt Gates not too long ago and he's, he said some other good parts, but I guess it, he did come on a little strong. He got a lot of bits in the Adele episode and in that first half of the season. So I think Pete surprises me. I, I really kind of forgot that, uh, that he hasn't been getting as much time. 
Yeah, let, let's talk about the risers and the people who have fallen in the rankings. So we'll start with the people who went up, and I'll read this out for all the audio listeners. So Chris is number one, like we said, with a nine point increase in the rankings then we have moffitt at number two kate at number three punky at number four who has risen uh 80 even though she's she's still in last place i believe but she's risen enough um 80 at number five mikey number six dismukes at seven bowen at eight and those are our risers and then these are the people that have fallen um all in in increasing order so che would have fallen the least and necessarily the most but the order is che lauren jost chloe ego kyle heidi keenan melissa pete has fallen almost five points beck almost nine points and cecily over nine points so let's start let's start with talking about the people who have risen let's you know talk about maybe our top three so chris red is somebody that we've been talking about as you know every single round table i've done over the last few weeks when i say who has been standing out to you this episode the answer has been chris and i think that post keenan post you know not the not the person but the show it seems like he's coming to snl with this almost like renewed confidence where he's playing you know little nas x and then playing obama which was a huge role so mike what you know were you surprised to see this major you know meteoric rise for chris or are you just excited to see it as a fan, I'm I'm excited to see it, but as you know, as the stat guy, I'm like it's you know, we we knew it would be Chris number one. I mean, as you just mentioned, John, everyone's mentioning him, um, you know, and I think even his uh, presence on social media, you know, being snubbed by these uh, sites is like you know, it's people are happy to see Chris um, get the recognition he deserves. And I also think it's, uh, you know, NBC complimenting NBC. And if we're talking about Chris Red right now, then maybe your listeners are more likely to check out Keenan and look up Chris Red in the, the past two seasons and things like that. So I think, you know, off offset, it makes sense as well. I was just going to say, yeah, it, we're talking about him, Chris, you know, exploding recently. Apparently, the people who review the uh, pre-tapes have not been. It still shocks me that multiple times, you know, he's been left out of um, these lists of, you know, very short lists of the people who are involved in these uh, musical pre-tapes. And it's happening, you know, that's recent. It's happening right in the middle of this rise. So a little bit ironic, kind of funny. Yeah, let's talk about Alex Moffat, too. I mean, uh, I, I second everything you're saying about Chris but and the numbers support it. But it is interesting about Alex because one of the things that we said was, you know, if throughout all of 2021, we were waiting to see Alex's Biden. And we didn't see it until finally we got to see it in the Maya Rudolph episode, which was really exciting to see. And I'm happy to see that Alex is slowly creeping up the rankings now even though he's still under average mike any thoughts on alex the, the story on alex i think is simple it's that he, he was amazingly underused in there in the beginning of the season so i think maybe on our first ever by the numbers we were talking about like where is alex moffett so again this this uh this chart is different from the next one we're going to see because this one is just saying that you need to be really absent to get your average down that much and really present to get it up. You know, we always use the baseball analogy. This is based on average. This is not percentage change. So if you're really 
consistently overperforming your previous average, it's going to go up. So I think with Alex, it's not that, you know, it's like, oh, Alex Moffat's, you know, somehow doing more roles or something. It's that he was doing basically nothing for so long that by consistently, you know, shooting at 40, 50, 60, it's going to be different than 38.9, which is what it was, 1 through 14. And I put 1 through 14 because that's since the last time I've been on the show. But, um, you know, if I did 1 through 9, it would be even smaller. Right. Haynes, any thoughts on Alex? We need Biden to start doing some crazy stuff <laughs> because, because I would love to see Alex a little more often. You know, we only, like you said, we've only gotten to see him twice uh, as Biden. And, um, it, it, and I think it's pretty good. Uh, so I'd, love, I'd just love to see some more. Obviously, you know, we get to see a guy who bought a boat, you know, once in a while. We'll never see, um, you know, the, the Trump brothers again, probably. Uh, so, so, you know, he's, he's, he lost a lot there, but I think we're all okay with that. Um, so I, I just would love to see more of the Biden. And, and, you know, any other character. I love Alex in all facets, but particularly, I do think they should try and get Biden on there a little bit more. Absolutely, for sure. And, uh, you know, we, t- we spoke about Kate a little bit. The interesting, so these are our top three, the top three risers, Chris, Alex, and Kate. I think the interesting thing for Kate is that I, I am excited to see what's going to happen over these final three episodes. She's continuing to rise. She's obviously dominating. She's currently at a 105.4, which is, you know, like, uh, what is that? 40% higher than the average cast member that she's dominating the rankings. It's really crazy. I'm curious to see if this is going to be her swan song in the last three episodes. And we're going to see these numbers maintain themselves or if she's going to slowly wean herself off and maybe have a big last episode. I think that's something that we're for sure going to talk about postseason, assuming that this is Kate's, you know, last run on the show. Uh, Guys, any word on Kate before we move to the people who have fallen? I think that I can't imagine them letting up on Kate. I mean, Lauren obviously loves her. She is an unbelievable actor on the stage. I I think that right now, you know, since there's such a good chance that she's going to be leaving this year, it's kind of like watching you know, your grandma take on a, a final illness or something. You just want to spend time with her. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, did, I didn't mean, I, it's, I'm fo- focused on the love aspect. I'm focusing on the love aspect. That's this person that you love so much and, and, and you'll, we know that we'll miss them. Uh, so I don't want to be sad about Kate's departure because it should truly be a celebration. And I think she deserves as much of a send off as Kristen Wiig got and, and I think they're going to utilize her heavily, and I think they should. It has been her show for a while. Let it be her show on the way out the door. Let's finish this season extra strong. She deserves it. She's earned it. And honestly, it's, it's not even about forget deserving or earning. She's just that damn good. She's so good. Every time you put her out there, there's, there's no reason she shouldn't enjoy these last few episodes, assuming that they are her last double down on Kate is what I say. 
Yeah, I just can't get that, that image. You, but I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I'm sorry. But, but um, okay, so those are the people who are rising. And yes, uh, not you know, Kate is still rising. Nothing bad is going to happen to her, Haynes. So let's talk about the people who have fallen and our bottom three, like we said, Pete, Beck, and Cecily. And the thing for me is, is that I, you know, when we had uh, Jillian Cedarholm on last week from Entertainment Weekly, she said that the reason all this stuff is happening with Chris Red and why he's not being in the headlines is just because when you put Pete Davidson's name in any headline, it just blows up. And you would think that, you know, based on the history of SNL, Lorne and the producers would want to be putting Pete in everything because everything he does goes absolutely viral. And we saw this if you guys were watching on when Pete was on Fallon last week. He basically, I forget it was last week or two weeks ago, but basically he brought him on to play random instruments and the views on that particular clip smashed like compared to everything else that Fallon, all the other guests, all the other celebrities having Pete on Fallon killed it for, for Fallon's online views. And and you would think that it would be the same thing. So I'm really surprised that of all the numbers I see on this list to see that Pete's numbers have gone down. Mike, any comment on it? There has to be a reason. I mean, I, would, does someone say Pete Davidson was in Europe or something? Like, Lauren is probably begging him to be, you know, there every week. And again, like, he had such a gigantic 2020 portion of the season that that's why he's, uh, you know, dipped. But I, I don't think it's because, you know, he, he can't get himself onto the show. I'm sure if he wants to at this point, he can get himself on the show and write things, you know, um, with his pals um, in the writer's room. But um, I, I just, you know, I, I'll ask you guys if you guys know what, where is Pete? I don't know where Pete is, but I do know that Lauren loves what works. And so when things are going viral, he wants to take advantage of that. It's why they have so many cameos and why we had to see Trump every week because that's what the eyes were on. So yeah, a little, little surprise that we have been seeing less of Pete as well. Where in the world is Pete San Diego? I don't know. Yeah, I think he's the new Duke of Hastings. I think that's what's happening. Um, but um, uh, yeah, so that, that's the word on Pete. Uh, Beck is, an, is a really surprising one for me. I don't know that there's, you know, much to mine here beyond the fact that just, you know, they were really overusing or, or not overusing, but they were really using Beck. Uh, you know, we spoke about this on the show before that the writers love writing for Beck. He always kills it in the table read, but it seems like the last three episodes they've, you know, he hasn't had some of the stronger episodes of the season. Uh, Beck is like probably your most consistent person on the cast. Uh, he's, you know, never going to have a bad episode. He's always going to be in a few sketches so i'm you know like a little surprised to see him at the bottom of this but i wouldn't be shocked if you know we go through things at the end of the season and his ranking comes right back up there mike any word on beck before we move on i actually think that's that's one of the best stories here is that um is beck has just been in less stuff um so if we look at the screen time numbers those will um tell us the same story um i i, I guess i mentioned kyle earlier too so maybe just you know they're their stylings haven't, you know, been the best mesh with the hosts. We saw Kyle do the pre-tape with uh, Daniel Kaluuya. That was, you know, basically my only Kyle memory of the last few shows. I really um, liked that one. <laughs> uh, but but Beck is, uh, you know, kind of the everyman glue. And uh, yeah, we, like appearances score, screen time score, and of course, this is the, uh, you know, 
the end all be all metric that I have here. But um, Beck has just like really been dipping. So Cecily and Pete, they've been absent in dipping. Beck has been there in dipping. So uh, that's a surprise to me. And um, I don't, I mean, I don't think Beck is going to leave after this year. I think if there's a big exodus, it's not going to include Beck because he would be a great bridge to the next cast. Um, so I'm not worried about, you know, if, if we don't see him in the final three as much as we did in the first 10 or 11. But uh, it is surprising just because Beck basically does everything from voiceovers to, you know, he'll play the Bachelor in a sketch and then he'll play, you know, uh, you know, as we said, Mike Pence and the debate moderators. So I don't think it's just politics. It's just that I, maybe people are other people are getting a, a shot. Yeah, and for sure, and he, he's lowered in the rankings. Like losing nine ranking points is significant, going from about ninety six point seven to eighty seven point eight. But you know, he's still in third place. Like he's still having a very good season. If you were going to cut the cast to a smaller cast, Beck is nowhere near being chopped from this list. So uh, Haynes, any word on Beck uh, or even Cecily before we move on? Well, I was just going to say about Beck, that's a great point, Mike, that he would be a great bridge moving into the next season. He has kind of senior statesmen of SNL written all over him. I think he's got a little bit of that vibe, and he would be a great uh, shepherd to bring in that flock of, of youngsters moving on to the, to, the, to the next cast. I would say he's like, you know, is the Kevin Nealon, Taron Killam, Phil Hartman, Jason Sudeikis, like, just, you know, put a... a a funny, you know, just straight man character, just your boring white guy who's funny, put him in anything and he'll improve the sketch. So, you know, we were talking about the different changes that we've seen this year, and now we're going to bring up, or at least in the last three episodes, and now we're going to bring up the screen time changes. So screen time is one of the metrics that Mike uses in his rankings. So if you were like, hey, how did this person lose so many ranking points or gain so many ranking points? Screen time is a major factor. So Mike, looking at this chart here, we have... 101 point almost nine percent increase in screen time over the last few episodes for punky uh this is average screen time mike right right so one column is episode one through 14 their average and the other column is their um, last three episodes average and then finally their percentage increase for this one because it's, it's a single metric i thought it would be easier to just look at straight up percentage change yeah, so let, let's do the same thing. I'll give you I'll give you the top five. Um, I'll, I'll read out the order, but I'll give you the top five. So number one is Punky, who's increased, like I said, 100, almost 102% in average screen time, which is really exciting. She's still in last place. Her ranking you know, is improving, but you know, a major reason why, and hopefully something we're going to see more, is her creeping up the screen time. Uh, then we have Moffat, who's increased about 68%. Chris increasing about 65%. Mikey's increasing about 32% over the last few episodes. Dismukes is about 28%. And then I'll read out the, the other risers. So the other risers in order are Bowen, 80, Heidi, Lauren, Kate, Keenan, Ego, and Chloe. And then the people whose screen time has dipped over the last few episodes, we have Colin Jost and Che, who have dipped slightly. I guess the average weekend update over the last few episodes has had less screen time. Then Kyle Mooning. Kyle Mooney has lowered about 9%. Cecily, about 40% screen time. Pete, about 51%. Beck, about 55%. And then Melissa, almost 82.5% less screen time. So, Jesus. Haynes, give me your <laughs> give me your impressions. What would you like to talk about from this chart? I mean, for those who are listening to the podcast, and you should watch the By the Numbers episodes. Very important to watch these and see the charts. 
for Melissa to drop from a minute 32 down to 16 seconds, that is brutal. I mean, 16 seconds, her average over the last three episodes, that is really, really surprising. I mean, I know we hadn't seen much of her, but that number just seems so teeny tiny. Uh, as far as the increases, not surprised to see Punky at over 100% increase. The vast majority of that must come from Pineapple on Weekend Update because that was pretty lengthy. Um, so those are the two things that stand out to me the most. Not surprised by Punky. Honestly, I didn't know Melissa could drop 83% because she had so little on the show as it was. I, I didn't know she could drop that much. But um, but if you think about it in terms of actual time versus percentage, you know she only lost a minute 15, which other people can lose without batting an eye. Yeah, and also I, I do have to point out that we know that Melissa is preparing for the Independent Spirit Awards. So I know that it's possible that she has a legitimate reason for not being on the show with the caveat that when sh she doesn't have a reason, <laughs> she's still not really on the show. So it is something we hear about it too. <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly. So I know like a lot of people, they're like, hey, 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 Melissa is doing something. But, you know, when she's on the show and there's nothing else going on, we're still seeing evidence of her not really participating in the the group sketches that we would like to see her in. Mike, what stands out to you from this chart? Any numbers that you really want to point out to the audience? I'll just comment on Melissa. Um, she was in the My Rudolph episode. She played uh, Lil, Lil Pug um, in the My Rudolph Cold Open, um, like uh, the Pitbull kind of character. And then she was... Uh, she sang the the hook and the boomer vac song so she was that was her like 48 seconds in episode 15 and has been zero you know uh, triple zero in episode 16 triple zero in episode 17 so that's uh where melissa's at and then um punky uh andrew you're right you know it's it was pineapple and uh the last one and i i was uh i was rallying for punky on update and i i, I got it so i my Santa granted my my uh, my wish for that for this season. Good um, <laughs> thank you. And then uh, she was in the Maya Rudolph monologue, so that's that's why Punky is so um, such a big increase and why Melissa is such a uh, a big decrease. I'll say uh, you know, like I mentioned earlier, Beck is such a gigantic decrease, and that's I think the story because he doesn't have a reason um, <laughs> to be somewhere else. And uh, I think. Uh, Again on Melissa, she had like she posted that she was like dressed as Minnie Mouse and she had a sketch that was cut. So, you know, maybe she's preparing for the for the awards, but uh also, you know, is still fully involved in the show and just is not it's not making it past dress, maybe. I'll mention uh Bowen, um, because he's had some great update pieces that have been like really popular. We'll see more of him, I think, in the next three and definitely next season. Um, and then I, I guess I'm a little surprised. I think we watched uh, Chloe Feynman keep climbing up and up, and she's been pretty static. Right. That, that's true. Uh, but, you know, like her getting that cold open again as Britney Spears, I think, is a, you know, like the show basically putting their hand on, on her back and saying, like, hey, you can lead our, our sketches. And I think that's a great sign for someone like her. What I will say about the Beck stat, which is interesting, is he's the second decreaser with about 55 percent. But his average from episodes one to 14, six minutes and two seconds. The last three episodes, two minutes and 42 seconds. So it's not even just about the percentage. Like if you really look at those numbers, like that's 
practically a three and a half minutes less on screen. And it doesn't sound like a lot if you're not used to looking at these numbers, but these are, this is a long time. This is when they're physically on the screen. So I think it's something significant to watch as we move forward. I'm not worried about Beck, but I do think it's a weird, you know, uh, it's, it's been a weird run for him. So that's something that we want to point out because whenever we do these shows, people are like, Hey, what has happened since the last time you did a buy the number show? Like why, why is that interesting? And these are the, trends that I think are important to watch. So let's move on. We talked about the cast, you know, we're going to get into the cast in the postseason. We're going to break down everything that they did throughout season 46. But I want to talk about the hosts. I think that is important because we may not get to this in full in the postseason. There's going to be a lot of numbers to go through. Let's talk about the best hosts of the season so far, maybe the ones that didn't connect as well. So I'm going to bring up some charts talking about the hosts right now. So we have a chart up here. And if you're watching the video, you're going to see that this chart looks exactly the way that it did for our cast. We're going to show you the top hosts and the bottom hosts for the season. And if you look at the numbers on this chart, they're much, much higher than the cast average numbers. Because obviously, if you're a host, you're in most of the sketches, uh, you have impactful appearances mostly. So it's important to talk about, you know, what the host average is. So a host average for season 46 is 251.44. So obviously much higher than the 57 we saw with the cast. And our top 10 hosts for the season, I just want to make sure I got this right. We got number one is Maya Rudolph. So naturally you would think that former cast member. We have John Mulaney, number two, Dave Chappelle, number three, Kristen Wiig at four, Dan Levy at number five, Daniel Kaluuya at six, Adele at seven john krasinski at eight bill burr at nine and reggae jean page at number 10 so let's talk about the top 10 before we get to the bottom mike any surprises for you here in our top 10 hosts i think uh adele is a big surprise when i remember uh doing the analysis on that show i was like wow adele was in a lot and um you know was on screen for a lot and I'm sure we'll get into, you know, repeat hosts versus first-time hosts. But, uh, you know, uh, Dan Levy is a first-time host, sure. But he's, you know, has a comedic background. He's on a, you know, very popular comedy show where Adele, ha- I mean, has she acted before? I don't even know. But I thought I thought she was great. And, um, you know, I, when you hear someone like who, who's coming from music or sports or some other, you know, avenue, you, you would think, oh, you know, they're going to um, take it easy on them and, They'll, you know, they'll pop up here and there and they'll get a couple laughs and that'll be a success for them. But Adele was um, was in most of that show. So uh, I think if I looked at this and I didn't do the analysis on it, I would probably say, wow, I'm surprised to see Adele higher than, you know, the people we're going to see in the next slide. Mike, I also think like as we continue to build our database and go through the rankings and you know, as you're going through this stuff, I'll be curious to know if you know what the average rankings are for a one time host versus a two time versus like a five timer or a 10 timer. Do they come back onto the show and just absolutely smash through these rankings? So that'll be interesting to watch. Haynes, what do you think about our top 10? Any standouts for you? Before I answer that question, to follow up on the last point you made, I do think as we move forward with uh, recurring guests, particularly people who have been on there a lot, I would expect them to explode through the rankings. Like, I don't want to, I'll tease the end of the episode. I'm sure we're going to talk about who we hope will host, um, you know, these last three episodes. But I do think 
we could see someone in that last three who has hosted multiple times and might tear through these rankings. I wouldn't be surprised about that at all. And and I'll I'll name that person later when we get to that section of the of the podcast, which I expect we will. Um, what surprises me, well, what doesn't surprise me are Maya, John, and Kristen. You would expect that uh, former you know cast members and writers, um, John being you know a writer slash you know, one of the best standups out there today, not surprised to see them near the top of the list. I was very surprised to see Dave Chappelle in third place because I think he was only in two sketches, the sportscasters one toward the very end. Oh, three, because he was in the bar with Kate, uh, unless I'm getting confused and that was from a different episode, but he, and he had the uh, Aunt Jemima uh, sketch at the beginning, but it makes sense when I think about how freaking long that monologue was. It was damn near 20 minutes, probably. And so that I assume that's got to be where a ton of his points come from. Obviously, that's prime time. So you get the one and a quarter bump. Um, and so, yeah, surprised to see Chappelle up there. But but love it. Love to see it. He's, he's a favorite of mine. Mike, you want to take that? Sure. Yeah, um, that's that you're exactly right. I mean, that that monologue was north of 16 minutes. Um, the average monologue this season is like about four and a half, five, five and a half. Um, you know, the standups get longer monologues, but that was like, you know, the longest monologue I've ever seen. So yeah. that's why, um, yeah. And he was, he was in, um, the, yeah, the newscast sketch at the end with Ego with, um, uh, Trump in the, in the, and Trump Jr. in the car. He was in that. And then he was yeah, in the, the mascots sketch. So yeah, he was in two sketches and the monologue. That was it. But, the first you know the pre-update section it was basically all him so uh mm. we're gonna see a, a big discrepancy with cast versus host in that one so he's kind of the outlier i almost considered dropping him for this for this chart but i figured it would be fun to talk about because it we might not see that again for a really long time a host come in and do very little on the show but just have a dominant monologue like that he's just an impactful guy yeah, exactly. And look, it seems obvious to, to people at home and probably to anyone who thinks about this, that multiple time hosts would naturally be higher in the rankings. But I am surprised to see that the numbers just completely support that when you see our top four all being returning hosts or former cast members with really like Dan Levy and Daniel Kaluuya both being first time hosts leading the way. And I guess, you know, we'll talk about the bottom, but I think the only one that's a multiple time host that isn't in the top of the rankings, Mike, is Jason Bateman, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So so that is probably more of an outlier than anything else that a multiple time host. So this is a guy who hasn't hosted in a very long time, obviously. But, uh, you know, I guess what we're talking about is people who are are either former cast members or friends of the show or former writers. You know, those people are going to come in and they're going to dominate when they're on the show. So if hypothetically we were to get a like Sudeikis hosted episode, the assumption, Mike, would be that, you know, he would end up being in this upper 275 range. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, Chris Rock. He's returning. Oh, right. That's, that's why. Sorry, I hesitated. I was like, I think there's one more. Yeah, it was Chris Rock. Um, I think that was COVID related more than anything. Um, we would have seen more of him if he was later in the season. But yeah, absolutely. If, if I saw if we, you know, and I'm hoping for Sudeikis. So if we see him on on the cork board, I'm assuming I would I would guess that Sudeikis is going to be probably about a 290. Right. 
And right now we have our bottom seven on screen. So these are all the hosts that are under average. So we have our Carrie Mulligan, who's at 240. Again, the average of 251. So she's just under. We have Jason Bateman by a hair slightly behind Carrie Mulligan. Timothy Chalamet, who I guess made a very big impact. I mean, this is this will be interesting to talk about with you guys in a second. Timothy Chalamet, who made a, an impact on the show with the cast, with the crew, with everybody. But he's you know at the bottom of these rankings. Uh, Regina King, then uh, Chris Rock, then Nick Jonas at 190, and then uh, Issa Rae as at 183, being our lowest ranked host for the season. So, uh, Haynes, let me start with you. Is there anything in the bottom seven that you want to talk about? Well, not surprised to see Issa Rae that far down. I, I, I kind of thought she would be... Um, you know, similar thing with Chris Rock, you know, he just wasn't in that much. I like the, uh, you know, where you're going with the Timothy Chalamet thing, because, you know, he wasn't overwhelmingly used throughout the episode, but it was clear that when they, they were on stage, he and Pete were having a lot of fun together. And so of course now he's reappeared in this pre-tape from the other weekend. Um, and, and when I say he had a lot of fun, it almost seemed like he wasn't taking it too seriously at times. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Apparently everyone felt like it was a good thing. He definitely did come across a little bit like Chloe's impression of him, like the, <laughs> just like kind of bro, like, you know, jumping in and, and just, you know, one of the, like, you know, just one of those young, rich, beautiful, privileged white guys who just like things just work out for him. Uh, he did have a little bit of that vibe, but apparently um, he rubbed off well on people, it, it, at least on Pete. And so so now we've got him back in a pre-tape. Uh, wouldn't be surprised to see him back hosting again sometime in the future because I do think he did a pretty good job um, overall, you know, his monologue was decent and, and he wasn't bad in the sketches he was in. He was definitely very loose and having fun. Um, so I think you, I think you make a good point that he definitely made an impression on people. Those, that, those are the things that jump out to me just looking at this list. Yeah, and I'll second that because I, I think that if you were to say to me like, hey, John, if you had to pick a one-time host from this season that is definitely going to get their second shot, I would think that Chalamet would probably be at the top of the list, maybe with Reggae Jean. Um, you know, people will have differing opinions on this, but I think that Chalamet would be up there. So it's interesting that he's under average here. Mike, what are your impressions of the bottom half of the list? On Chalamet, I think uh, this is actually, you know, will be a great segue for, for later with um, how it affects the cast is sometimes a host who does not dominate and who does not always have to have the lead role, people find that really endearing to see a host kind of blend into the cast rather than lead the cast. So I'll, that's what I'll say about Chalamet. Um, and I think that there's something to be said. I mentioned it a little bit earlier, thinking about Chris Rock is that um, you know, I'm not surprised to see Issa Rae at the bottom being, you know, she was one of the couple people that I think a lot of, a lot of fans hadn't heard of with, uh, you know, Reggae Jean Page, like, you know, a new celebrity, you know, um, young, a young host and Nick Jonas is at the bottom probably cause he had double duty, um, and had a lot on his plate, um, that week, um, that could be a factor too, but yeah, is, uh, Chris Rock being at the be very beginning of the season. So, I, you know, I think it's a grain of salt, the uh, early, that first six, 
that run, if you didn't have like a really long monologue um, or a, you know, appearance in the cold open or something like that, then um, that's why we're seeing them at the bottom. You know, Chris Rock, I'm like I said, I'm sure if he came back, he would be much higher because he had like supporting roles and stuff like that. So um, we, I, I think it's funny to see how close these three are. Carrie Mulligan and, and Jason Bateman in particular, they're 0.15 apart. You know, it just shows you that the math just, um, you know, tells you what's going on. But uh, I guess uh, people who blend in are, 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 are fun for the fans to say, oh, yeah, they were the, you know, the guy on the bench rather than the team captain. That, that's a really interesting way to look at it because sometimes you would think being at the top of the rankings is the best thing for you, but sometimes being at the star of the show can take away from the cast. So it's an interesting thing for our listeners to think about as they're analyzing the hosts. Let me bring up the next chart, which will be about screen time percentage for these hosts so we can dive deeper into these numbers. Okay, so here we have screen time percentages for the host. So Mike, would you mind explaining this chart for our listeners? Sure, this is just straight up how much of the episode was this host on screen. And so I don't have any hosts have not, you know, they haven't done any voiceovers or off-screen work. So this is a like legit straight up how much were they on screen for that episode. Average episode of SNL is about 62 and a half minutes, about 55 minutes of comedy and seven and a half minutes of music. So out of that, out of the comedy portion, um, how much is the host in it? No host has been on update this uh, this year, um, and only two have been in the cold open, Maya and Krasinski. So this is basically how how much have they been in the sketches and pre-tapes. So um, not surprising to see Maya Rudolph on top. When she was on screen, she was on screen a lot, and like I said, in the in the cold open. So this is sorted by that. So we have Maya Rudolph at top by a crazy number, forty six point three is what her number really is. That means that if you're watching SNL and you leave the room and come back, there's a 50% chance that her face is on screen. And the bottom is uh, Issa Rae and Nick Jonas again, which is what dictated their uh, power ranking number. They were only on screen for a quarter of the time. Yeah, and, and I think what really stands out to me here is that if you look at the specific episode numbers, the, you know, the first six that we had, and you look at the amount of appearances, you know, we're talking about screen time percentage, but literally the amount of appearances that these hosts made in sketches, you know, you Chappelle, like we said, only made three appearances, Mulaney was six, Bill Burr was five, Chris Rock was five, Issa Rae was five. You know, we're not talking about being in eight, nine or 10 sketches, which is pretty much what a lot of the hosts were in in the 2021. So I think we see the impact of COVID a lot on these numbers when you dive a little bit deeper, a little bit deeper. So Haynes, what are your thoughts on this chart here? Everything makes sense, you know, com after the num after the numbers that we just looked at, you know, from the last chart, it makes sense. Um, uh, obviously, you know, with the other charts, it's, you know, it's a power ranking, so it's weighted in some ways, but, um, you know, screen time still is going to be what, you know, earns you the dollars. And, you know, Maya was all over the episode. Uh, so was Mulaney. And again, you know, Chappelle had that huge chunk just to start things off. Um, not surprised to see Levy and Kaluuya this far up. They were, um, you know, in a ton of, in a ton of sketches, 
you know, seven sketches a piece plus their monos. So that's eight appearances. Um, and I thought both those guys were spectacular, even though some of those sketches they were in may not have been that memorable. Those are two guys that I both think are just were, were really great for the show. Kaluuya in particular just seems like such a natural performer. Like he seems like he could be funny, charming, you know, angry, anything he wants at any place at any time. He just has, he just has such a gift on the stage and Obviously, Levy is a really funny, great guy, perfect host. Um, and so it was great to see him in so many episodes. Those, those were two of my favorite um, outside of the big names that you would expect, like the three that you know precede them at the top of the list, Rudolph, Mulaney, and Chappelle. Uh, so not surprised to see them up there. I know that you're were a big fan of uh, Levy and Kaluuya, and I was going through the numbers, and I'm like, these episodes have so much mathematical similarities one of which you just mentioned that they were in had eight appearances and it's you know i there's a column on this chart that has you know average appearance length and they're two and a half minutes um they were also both um live sketch heavy so they were like top four for live sketches Dan Levy's episode was like 24 and a half minutes of live sketch and Kaluuya 26. Uh, There's only one pre-tape, which you mentioned earlier with Kyle in that episode. So like a lot of live sketch, um, Kaluuya being, you know, a dramatic actor and Levy being a comedic one, but they were obviously very comfortable stepping in on stage in front of a live audience and going for it. So those two episodes kept coming up for me as like, you know, almost so similar mathematically. You know, when, when we were talking you know, a few days ago before the show, just about, you know, hosts that I was impressed with. I, I had to, I went out of my way to, you know, push Mulaney and Chappelle and Maya, you know, off to the side because I, I just didn't want to pick someone that felt like they were just such a big name and such an obvious dominant choice. So I was thinking, you know, who are the ones that I felt just really connected? And so I said, Levy and Kaluuya, and I'm thrilled to see that they're, look, here they are paired right behind those other stars. So awesome. Glad to Definitely. see the numbers. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, for sure. And I think that the thing about the Kaluuya episode is so many people walked out of that show and it, and it could be like a writer situation and not necessarily something that you would find in these analytics. But so many people walked away loving that Kaluuya hosted episode. And I wasn't really sure if it had much to do with Kaluuya or it had to do with what, you know, the sketches that were specifically written. I'm thinking in particular, the one that Ego wrote or contributed to with the proud parents that was, you know, really well regarded. And looking at these numbers i feel even more confident that kaluuya was a really great host and one that we could see return um so you know one of the things that mike had mentioned was let's talk about how these hosts have impacted the cast and i think that's something that the listeners will really enjoy hearing about so let me bring that chart up for everybody okay so Guys, for anyone who is watching the show right now, I just brought up a big chart, you know, hosts and guests versus the cast. And this is an important chart. There's a lot of metrics here, but it's really important to talk about how, you know, the guests that we've had this season, the hosts, how they've impacted certain cast members. So I'm going to, you know, pass this off to Mike. Mike, explain this chart. What are people looking at when they see this? Okay, so I threw this all on here for the people who watch it. Um watch the podcast because you know i think they're interesting and they might want to you know pause it and read all of it so uh but really the essence of this chart is 
you know, what host affects the cast and in what way. So you're going to see the name of, you know, the episode, the host, what the host score was, what the cast total score was, and what, if any, the guest total score was. Totaled those numbers up and then gave each of those things I just listed, hosts, cat, host, cast, and uh, guests, what percentage of the total did they receive? Which means, is this a cast-heavy episode? And I'm so happy we have um, at SNL has a cast because this is, I think I invented the stat for you, Andrew, because yes. this, this shows you if you like SNL's cast, um, could that affect how you viewed the episode? Um, as you know, you've said before, you know, some cameos are great. Um, they're they're awesome. They're well timed. But you know, is the cast really you know lifting the episode and doing all the legwork? So that's what this is about. So you have the host share, cast share, and guest share. And what that is is a percentage of the total points. And I will note because I have to be accurate that I did drop Steve Higgins voiceovers from this number because he's kind of just works for the show and I don't consider him a cameo, but I do time his, his voiceover work. And then at the end we have who are the top performers in the episode? And this is just the facts. This is uh, who had the highest scores in their episode in the host ep um, episode. So you know, we I figured we could just talk about that as if maybe if you liked if you're a big uh, Mikey fan or a big Beck fan or a big Pete fan, maybe that episode's for you. And that's why absent of just the raw data. But that's the chart. It's a lot of columns. Um, I was just saying that it, it has like 65 columns in the, uh, my full chart. But I, I did narrow it down to make it a little more aesthetically pleasing. This is incredible, Mike. I, I think this is so fascinating. And really, I encourage you, if you're listening on audio, if you're going, you're in the car, you're going for a run, come back to this section of the podcast. We're about, you know, just so you remember, we're about an hour into this where we're talking about the shares for the percentage of the host, the cast, and the guests. And I think one of the things that I look at off the bat, Haynes, is, you know, when we were talking about, okay, we knew Maya Rudolph was coming up. We had about a month to prepare and people were really worried. They were like, okay, but if Maya's there, you know, she's the 21st cast member, we're really going to see an impact on the cast. And right away, looking at this chart, I see that the cast share for that episode is 57%. That's the lowest for the entire season, lower than our average, way lower than our average of 74.7. So that stands out to me right away. Are there, you know, do you want to talk about that? Or are there other things on this chart you want to get into because this was invented for you? Well, <laughs> well, right off the bat, it it doesn't surprise me that with the, you know, the Maya episode and 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 her host, um, you know, her power rankings are, are so high. Uh, we also had a, a ton of guests, uh, you know, the guest shares at just over 24%. I'm not surprised that that puts Keenan as the primary cast member because he's such a great supporting role player. He is a great, great, great number two. And that fits perfectly with the idea that guests and hosts would be you know, taking up this chunk of the show. He, it makes complete sense that he would be uh, moving to first place in one of those type of episodes. That's the first thing that jumps out. Okay, well, give us your second thing. What else jumps out to you on this chart? Well, I admit I'm, I'm surprised to see Pete Davidson in first place ever. Um, but uh, but I, I guess I guess he got his due during the during the during the page episode. Um, and and it's nice to see Chloe up there in second place. I don't think 
she comes anywhere close at any other point. Um, so it, obviously, you know, that was, a, a, that was the cast's, uh, you know, highest score as far as, as far as their total uh, ranking. And I'm impressed and I'm glad to see that when the cast is making their biggest impact, that that's a time that we that we get to see Chloe jump all the way up to second place, and you really don't see her. You know, I don't know if we see her anywhere else on this chart. Just listing the top three, um, I think you know something that I said maybe in the first episode of this podcast that I was on was that um, I really think you know maybe the season after next, you know, give it another year and maybe in, in Chloe's third year, I wouldn't be surprised if we're starting to talk about it. Like it's her show in the way that we talk about it, like it's Kate's show now. And I think that when we see, you know, the episode where the cast had their biggest impact uh, to see Chloe jump that far up, I think bodes well for her future. And um, yeah, and, and really speaks to her potential. For sure. And I think like just looking at this chart, uh, looking at the bold numbers, the bold numbers are our highest numbers. I see that Nick Jonas, the, the Jonas episode is the one that had the highest cast share. So we saw Nick Jonas at near the bottom of the host rankings. So we have our cast, which is 85%, you know, of the episode is the cast. And that's interesting to to note because, you know, we want to take a look at what the trends are for the season. And it seems that if you look at these you know, the, the order of these episodes, the ones that feature the cast the most is episodes, you know, 13, 16, 11, 14, 12, 10, you know, these are all near the top. And then near the bottom, the ones that featured the cast the least were episodes, you know, two, five, one, six, we see four there, three there. So, um, you know, Maya Rudolph's obviously recently being a little bit of an outlier. Mike, anything to make of that, you know, with regards to the trends this season is that we're actually getting more cast now than we were in 2020. For sure. Um, I was also really excited because I, I think, John, you're, you were a big fan of the Reggae Jean Page episode. And you said that that had like a very party atmosphere. And I'm like, of course, that's like you want to see a lot of faces that you want to see in the cast. Like, you know, I even if you're not the biggest fan of a certain cast member, like I get excited when I see them enter a scene. Um, just because I'm like, yeah, we're, I'm watching SNL. I want to see SNL cast members. So that's at the top. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not surprised. Um, but to answer your question, I, I mean, it, it definitely has to do with the election and COVID. So you're, you're, like you said, we have two, five, one, and six. Those are the episode numbers I'm listing. Um, Bill Burr, John Mulaney, Chris Rock, and Dave Chappelle. You know, not a lot of cast impact in those ones. You know, those are all under a thousand for the cast total. So I'm not surprised because. You know, we had longer cold opens or longer monologues, more guests. So I think if we had all of the SNL stats fans and, you know, fans around, around the country ranking the episodes, I bet they would probably put the more recent episodes at the top of their list because, you know, they were just a little more optim optimism, a little more um, energy. And that probably has a lot to do with the cast. So this, this is actually teaching me a lesson right now. And it's, I'm, I'm a little bit conflicted internally because I am really into the cast. I'm really into just the idea of, well, I, I love stagecraft and, and I love um, acting and to see folks 
you know, take it to this level and to, to be on the, the most primary, foremost, you know, comedic stage in the Western world. I'm just so happy for all of them. Um, but I've always said my favorite hosts are stand-up comedians. Well, looky, looky here, you know, where we see the cast getting their smallest numbers. Uh, it's, you know, the the bottom ones are Burr, Mulaney, Rock, and Chappelle. So here it is, stand-ups are taking away time for my beloved cast members. And I don't know how to feel about this. I've really caught myself in a moment. So I'm going to take a minute to process and you speak amongst yourselves. I'm getting verklempt. <laughs> yeah, we, we broke you, Haynes. Um, but that, that's good to know. And look, I, I think it's like what Mike said, there may be the underlying factor here is that those episodes took place during political season. And perhaps if we get more data, and we see more stand up hosts, there will be episodes with stand ups who host that also have a high cast share. And those episodes were built for you. Yes, so I were. think yeah, exactly. And I think for me, like, look, everybody loves different things from their show. I've always talked about this. I subscribe to the theory that my friend Rich also says as well, which is like Mike brought up that SNL should feel like a party. And I would love to continue to look at this data to quantify what really makes the show feel like a party because I don't mind having guests come in. I'm not like Haynes. I'm not like, oh, SNL has a cast because I know what's happened over the last few years, and I've certainly had my annoyances with the consistent litany of political guest stars coming in, but I like it when I see cameos coming in. Maybe not the 25% range, but I would like to see some cameos come in, and I always find that exciting, but I would like to find, and this is something we'll work on over the next however many years, is what makes the perfect SNL episode for the general audience to enjoy the most? What percentage of the show should the hosts be there for versus the cast versus the guests? And I think it's something that I strive to work on with you, Mike. Definitely. I was fascinated too. I mean, when I was making this this morning, I was looking at the host share and, you know, I'm always the guy who says, you know, I, I check my own opinions at the door about what the episodes I like and don't like or cast members and hosts but i was like you know what does make a great episode and that's you know that's why i do this um there's so many things to look at and i mentioned it in a different uh, segment earlier like should should a, ho a host come in guns blazing and take control and be the leader um or should they you know just say hey guys right for me um i'm down yeah it, it's really fascinating to talk about and something we'll continue to look at. The next thing we want to talk about is the guests. So we talked about that a little bit. We had guest share over there. Let's talk about the guest appearances that we've seen this season. We're not going to go into as much detail as we did on the host, but let's bring that up just for curiosity's sake. So I'll bring up that chart. Okay, so we brought up the guest appearances over the season including you know their screen time and what we talked about here so obviously you know 2020 we had a lot of maya a lot of jim carrey a lot of baldwin and then the cameos that we've had since then have really been distributed evenly either one or two appearances and you know whenever a musical guest appears in a sketch i believe mike you're counting that as well so mike tell us what we should look for in this chart any interesting analytics here this is, um, like you said, all the guests. So um, Maya Rudolph also hosted and Timothy Chalamet also hosted. So those numbers are left out of this. This is just if you guested 
and you are not a member of the cast. So um, that's what we're seeing here. And they're sorted by their total time who's been on screen the most. So like you said, Maya, Jim Carrey, Alec Baldwin, not surprised. They're at the top. But also I was looking at the uh, time per appearance and I was thinking a lot today about looking back on season 46 and uh, what people will say. You know, what, what will we say three seasons from now about the COVID season? And um, one thing that stands out for better or worse is that when Jim Carrey was on screen, he was on screen a lot. So four minutes, 26 seconds. He was in the first six episodes, said live from New York every single time, was in those early episodes. We haven't seen him since. He said he's done doing Biden. So we probably won't see him again this year. So that one stands out to me. Um, and then I know very controversial, but Morgan Wallen, his sketch, he was the lead in the sketch and he was on screen for more time than most cast members are in the show, period. So I have to mention that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Uh, we're not going to do this again, but, but uh, I'm sure that SNL would like a, uh, a mulligan on that one, not a Carrie mulligan. But, but uh, uh, Haynes, what stands out to you on this chart? Without going down that road, yeah. I mean, that's the first thing that stands out to me is that Morgan Wallen has, you know, is, is in fourth place there. So, um, yeah, wish we didn't have to talk about that. You know, it was thrilling to see to see Martin Short. I, I kind of forgot that Streeter Seidel was in anything, I guess just briefly. So I hadn't considered, you know, I hadn't thought of him as a guest, but, you know, he's certainly not a cast member. Uh, for those who don't know, Streeter Seidel is a writer who very often pairs up with Mikey Day. Um, and has pumped out just a ton of, of great material for the show over the last several years. Um, I, I'm not surprised to see Jim Carrey as, as high up as he was, obviously, since he dominated the first several episodes. Uh, you know, there's a chance of him kind of dominating more till I guess he decided um, he wasn't uh, that into it. So he stepped back. And uh, those are the biggest things to jump out at me. We, we talked a lot about this cast being oversized. It's a bloated cast, 20 cast members. And if and let's pretend that you considered Maya Rudolph and Jim Carrey cast members. Uh, Maya would have the 11th most screen time, and Jim Carrey would have the 19th most screen time. And obviously, Jim Carrey has not been in the last 11 episodes, and Maya um, you know, has missed a lot too. So just to give the scope of their impact, they, they would be ranking higher than people who are there every week showing up to Studio 8H ready for work. Um, Jim Carrey shame. and Maya would be higher than them. Yeah, your Haynes' brain is about to explode. Shame, um, shame. Yeah, so I think that you know, we wanted to bring up the guest stuff here. There's not not a lot of, uh, you know, statistical things that we haven't already covered, but just for people who are curious about this stuff. And then I think that the next thing that we want to talk about, you know, as we're, we're continuing to go through stuff that we've seen recently is, Haynes, we knew you were coming on the show and you had a question about the politics this season and how those trends have changed. So can you just tell the listeners what you were curious about? And then we'll bring up a chart to talk about it. Yeah, I was asking Mike and John before you know, a couple of days ago if we had the numbers on you know how the political minutes have reduced in the second half of this season, really coming into 2021 versus 2020 when politics were so heavy and uh, really just a continuation of what the last four years had been. 
Uh, and I was wondering, you know, with that reduction in the political sketches, how that impacted uh, different players' screen time. Okay, so this is an interesting one. Mike, what are we looking at here with our political index that we've seen so far this season? Always trying to make up stats that don't exist. Um, this, like is the this is the stats. Uh, this is the SNL stats political index. So um, this is me taking the comedic portions of the show, and I included the cold open, all sketches, pre-tapes, and weekend update desk pieces. So, of course, we've had political-themed monologues with Chappelle, plenty of political jokes, as always, for 46 years on update. But just the things that we can really quantify, which are the cold open sketches, pre-tapes, and desk pieces. If they are feature a politician or they are political, um, you know, either, you know, the Michigan hearings with Rudy Giuliani or, you know, Cecily has done some this year on update. So what we're seeing is a trend line of all 17 episodes. And I, I uh, marked off the four portions of the season, which were the first six, October, November, the next three, which were in December, I was uh, uh, Jason Bateman, Timothy Chalamet, and Kristen Wiig. We had a the 2021 portion, January, February, and then we had the final um, three we're talking about today, which is Maya Rudolph, Kaluuya, and Carrie Mulligan. And what I did was um, try to find out what percentage of the comedic pieces are political in nature. And a couple of them were zero. Like I said, they might have been politically themed, but I meant... Are they about Trump? Are they about Biden? Are they about the election? Um, or, you know, something else. So that's what we're looking at here. So, Haynes, now that you've seen Mike's political index, any interesting trend lines that you find from this chart? It makes sense. It's it's It seems to support everything that I think probably a lot of us have felt naturally. It certainly feels like there've been, you know, a, a decrease in, uh, you know, in the political minutes and that's evidenced here. Uh, looks like, you know, we had quite a dip in December, um, you know, just post-election, which is interesting because there was still so much going on in the political world. But I guess, you know, Chappelle was the, you know, as it was with his first hosting event was the, you know, the first episode after the election. So it's obviously going to be, you know, we're, it's going to be very political um, and maybe just getting over that hump. People were really ready to step back and, and take a breath. Uh, at least the, you know, Lauren and, and the folks who are deciding which, which sketches we're going to make it on. Although I assume, you know, there's also a lot of, uh, you know, what's funniest going into those discussions. But, uh, but, but, we, but we can't deny that there's a huge dip here. A slight rise uh, with the Krasinski episode coming into January. You can't blame them. Uh, you know, there was a massive political event like we've never experienced in the U.S. before with the storming of the Capitol. Kind of hard to ignore that. Uh, but, you know, we get the, we get the levy dip. Um, and then generally, you know, after hanging um, kind of in that middle zone, which is still half of kind of what we were dealing with, you know, coming out of 2020. Now we're getting that gradual uh, decline. Uh, you know, it's never going to stay at zero because SNL, part of what they do is create a historical record of, of what we're experiencing at the time. So there, are, there will always be political sketches and I don't have a problem with that. But, 
after everything that we've been through in the last four years, I think, you know, a lot of people are excited to take a step back and have a few more, you know, slice of life uh, sketches. And it seems that we're trending in that direction. So sounds good to me. And I think you described it really well. I, I just think that if you aren't, if you're listening on audio and, and you want to know what this chart looks like, it's basically like you can see the line go up and down and see where the peaks and the valleys are for this season in terms of political coverage. And obviously, during the political season, we had probably an average of about 30% of the coverage that we had on SNL was political with the peak in the Chappelle episode, you know, right post election. And then Haynes, you described this December run. And I think what's interesting to me is that I really felt like as soon as we got this Bateman episode, Chalamet episode, Wig episode, it kind of felt like we were so tired of doing the politics. And now let's take a step back. So we started seeing things more in the 15% range. That's probably the average you see in December. And then now, you know, since then, we've had a couple of like major dips in Levy and Mulligan with no politics and more slice of life. But for the most part, we're kind of, you know, getting to that middle spot where we're seeing around maybe 20 to 25% political material, which I assume is what SNL is going to be aiming for, at least for the next couple years before we get to like the midterms and then eventually the primaries in 2024. Mike, is there anything else on this chart that you want to cover that we already didn't say? Sure. Like you said, the uh, October, November parts of seasons and election years are going to be, I would guess, in throughout since 1975, they would probably be about one third. And I think in off times, you know, a, a healthy 20% is probably where SNL sweet spot. Yeah, exactly. So this is the way we like to finish up our by the numbers show yes. and we have a new guest on with us so i think that the best way to do this is you know for the listeners they've heard uh mike and i do this a couple times now haynes i'm gonna bring up our build a cast game that we like to play so let me bring that on screen we're gonna ask you to build a cast you're gonna spend 25 dollars, and we're gonna give you the dollar values for each member of the cast and then we're gonna have haynes give us his cast so since mike and i've done this already you don't need to hear a cast again we're just gonna have haynes do this mike before i read out the numbers any significant changes that we should know based on the ones that have happened in the last couple times we've done this show just a few um and one which is significant that i'm glad we did cover a lot and it's been covered is uh chris red's meteoric rise to the three dollar <laughs> portion so he's now solidly in the middle and has definitely earned his way up there um we we, we saw also ego odom go up in the category and cecily drop um top four has remained top four but we, we yeah, so saw, let, me, let me read that out. Yeah, uh, of course. So, okay, so $5 is Beck, 80, Kate, and Keenan. $4, Mikey, Jost, Che, and Ego. $3, Pete, Heidi, Chris, and Cecily. $2, Chloe, Alex, Kyle, and Bowen. And then $1.50, our bottom range, is Mukes, Lauren, Punky, and Melissa. So sorry, go ahead, Mike. Um, the, yeah, the, so Chris Red went up a spot. Ego went up a spot. And um, Cecily and Kyle went down a spot. So that was after just three shows. So, Haynes, uh, are you ready to go with this or do you need a minute? Oh, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. But I, I am, you know, these changes are throwing me off a little bit. Um, you know, Ego jumping up, that's costing me money. Um, so I'm going to have to change some things around here. Now, did you come into the podcast with this already prepared? 
Oh, I was thinking about it for sure. Yeah, for sure. Okay. For sure. All right. All right. I love, um, I love the dedication. Yeah. Um, well, I love, it's just a fun game. It's a fun game. Um, for sure. And if you, and if you're a listener, of course, like I said, please feel free to play at home. We'll post this on social media or update for this. So you guys can give us the cast that you would like to as well. So Haynes, let me leave the floor to you. Go ahead. Give us your cast. All right. So right off the bat, just because I know how much, you know, how often they're in episodes and how much they spend time in lead roles and how often those lead roles are prime time. So many of them are cold open. I'm not hesitating to take Kate and Beck. That's a $10 well spent, no doubt. Now we're throwing me off a little bit with Ego getting bumped up because I just feel like she is such a power player and she deserves it. She should be costing a little bit more. Um, so I feel like I can't leave her off the table but all of a sudden, my second tier of Ego and Heidi is costing me $17, you know, total package so far instead of 16. So I've got Kate Beck, five apiece, Ego at four, Heidi at three. So we're at 17 now. <sighs> okay. So I still, man, this, this changes things a little bit. Okay, give, 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 me, give me something. Well, Chloe and Bowen, I cannot deny. I feel like those. I feel like you're getting a lot of value in the $2 range for Chloe and Bowen. Um, both of them, Bowen in particular, has been getting a lot of time, and I think Chloe is continuing on that path. By the way, I still don't know. I don't think if the rules have ever been established, whether we're really picking this cast for the next episode or the rest of the season or the future going forward. I don't know. So I, I did just kind of play it like, you know, next episode, maybe the rest of the season. So I've got uh, Kate and Beck up top, Ego four, Heidi coming from the threes. So that's 17. Chloe and Bowen makes 21. So this is throwing me off a little bit because I was spending some dollar fifties but I admit, I, I know that there's less value there. I know I, I've heard Mike talk about how he seems to steer clear of the fours and the buck fifties. Uh, I'm not trying to totally uh, cop his style, but I'm aware of where the numbers are. So I'm at 21, man, oh man. So it looks like there's, man, should I, so do I take one more four or two twos? Wow. Oh boy. So uh, really to me now it's coming down to, I'll take, oof, man. Just make a decision. <laughs> <laughs> Is it, don't you want some drama here? Don't you want some suspense? Um, all right, fine then. I will take Alex and Mike, I will take Alex and Kyle over Mikey, even though Kyle's been trending down, Mikey's been trending up. Still, he's a lot to spend $4 on. And I feel like Alex and Kyle have so much, so much potential. So that will be my cast. What is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So that's a seven person cast for me. Eight, eight. Uh, yeah, eight. Yeah. yeah. So you, you took Kate and Beck at the $5 range. You took Ego at four, Heidi at three, Alex and Kyle and Chloe and so I took all the twos. Oh, you Clear took all the twos. twos. Yeah. I think somebody else did that, Mike, once uh, as well. So I, maybe it was you, but uh, it's it is a really 
uh, great call. And I think that you struggled with this, Haynes, but you came up with a great cast. And I think this is this is why this game is fun, because it's tough. You know, once you start looking at these numbers, it starts impacting the way that you feel about picking certain members of this cast. But like you said, it's not clear. You know, we maybe we should come up with a, you know, this is for this. But I do think that it's just fun to look at the game in general, talk about the cast, the ideal cast you would want. So if you're on social media and you see this, let us know. We're always curious to see your, and see your thoughts about which cast you would move forward with. So thank you, Haynes, for coming to a decision on that. Um, Okay, so that was a lot of fun. It was always so great to go through all the numbers, talk about the things that are happening analytically on the show. Like I said, in the postseason, we're going to go over in more detail the entire cast, everything we've seen from season 46, and really talk about those numbers moving into the next season in 47. Mike, thank you so much for coming up with all these numbers. You do such a great job with the charts. Can you tell the listeners where to reach out to you and if there's anything that you would like to plug? Yeah, first of all, thanks for having me back. This is the fourth time we've done this. I think it gets more fun every time. So I can't wait to do a full season look um, at everything. I'm sure there's going to be tons to talk about. So I look forward to that. And, you know, that um, being the five time. Um, at the end. Um, but uh, yeah, you can find me at SNL Mike Murray on Twitter. Um, so I've been, I've been doing more SNL stuff lately. I, you know, things that are like very just tiny stats. I like to just throw out once in a while because, you know, they might not be worth talking about for 10 minutes on here, but you know, just a, a quick look at an episode or even just the total of that episode for screen time. So I, I'm, I've been doing that. Um, and uh yeah, everything just, it's all SNL related. So if you want this type of content, you know, every day, then follow me on there. Yeah, and you definitely should. I, I, I second that. Absolutely follow Mike. If you love seeing those statistics, sometimes he posts during the episode, sometimes he's during the week, but I just love seeing those little tidbits of information, those little nuggets that we get every now and then from Mike Murray on Twitter. Haynes, thank you so much for joining us. It's so great to always get to catch up with you and hear your thoughts. Did you enjoy being a guest on the By the Number show? Of course I did. You know I did. I, I love this. I, I love all the, all the numbers that uh, Mike's come up with that seem to cater to exactly what I'm interested in. So I hope other people are interested as well. Uh, you can always find me on Twitter at SNL has a cast. I promise to be tweeting more lately. I will throw this out there as well. I don't have anything to plug except this show, but since I teased something, a section that we never got to, I will just throw out there in the last three episodes. I think there's a real chance of seeing Emma Stone come back and get her fifth appearance, join the five timers club uh, in preparation of uh you know promoting her new movie cruella coming out in may so i hope that we get to see that come true yes yes sorry i forgot to tee you up for that but uh we did get to a lot of numbers so you guys got a lot of extra numbers in this show uh haynes like i said thank you for joining us make sure to follow andrew haynes as well and then for everything that's going on on snl stats never miss anything we're doing please subscribe to the show you can subscribe on youtube or any podcatcher subscriptions really help people find the show and really help us grow so i appreciate that i also encourage you to follow us on twitter or instagram our great marketing lead nicole does a great job uh coming up with fun charts 
charts for Instagram or great things to tweet out to you guys. So I appreciate giving us a follow for everything that's coming up on SNL stats and everything we just had. So obviously we just had our round tables and a live show covering the last few shows. If you missed any of those, I encourage you go check out the one we did one with Gary Kroger, an SNL cast member from the eighties. That was the Kaluuya episode. And it was really fun to have him on for that. Our live shows are always great. And all of our guests on our round tables, it's so wonderful to hear from them. So we had our by the number show this week. Next week, we have our super fan takeover. So we pulled Haynes away from the super fan takeover this time, but he'll be back on one coming. It was worth it. Yeah, it was great. It was great. Exactly. It was great to have him on for that. Haynes, why should people check? I mean, you're always great at plugging these, but why should people check out the super fan takeovers? Do you like arguing with your friends about what you love and hate about anything you care about? Yeah. So watch a super fan takeover. That's what it is. That's what we do. We bring the passion. Yeah. Come watch. I won't be I on the next it. one, but it's still worth watching. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're, we're going to miss your passion, but we do have some great people joining us for the next Super Fan Takeover. And they're actually going to be talking about the greatest impressions of all time, including the great athlete impressions and musical impressions, different categories, talking about their Mount Rushmore's of impressions. So, Haynes, I'm sure you're going to be texting. I'm so jealous. I am. I'm jealous. Yeah. yeah well, we're, I'm sure you'll text the group. We'll get your thoughts as well as we keep going. And then in a couple of weeks from now, we have a very special episode episode with an interview from someone who's on the crew of SNL. I'm going to just hold off saying who that is for a second. Obviously, things can change between now and then, but I'm excited to uh, promote that. Hopefully, we'll have that news for you guys next week moving forward. And uh, other exciting things as we get back to covering the show. The show returns on May 8th, and I can't wait to get into everything that we're doing moving forward. So my name is John Schneider. Thank you so much for checking out SNL Stats. We hope everybody has a pleasant week ahead, and we will see you next time. So unpredictable here on SNL Stats.